Hey guys, what's up? It's Chris O from Chaos Movies. Jumping back in for the 17th time, I think, on um, a podcast for you today. Going to do a little review on the movie Upside or The Upside. It's a 2017 flick directed by Neil Berger, starring Kevin Hart, Brian Cranston, Nicole Kidman, Jahid Diallo, Winston, which I think uh, if you listen to my podcast on Proud Mary, that's the young boy in that movie. He also plays in this movie. He's a little bit older and he's Kevin Hart's son. Um, this this film directed by Neil Berger, he's the director of The Illusionist, Limitless with Bradley Cooper and um, obviously Divergent. It's really weird because he didn't direct the other movies that are in the Divergent franchise. He was the producer of them, um, Insurgent and Allegiant. Not sure how that stuff works. There's probably too too much of a rabbit hole to go down to find out why directors only attach themselves to one movie out of the three, or why this, you know, producer roles and stuff like that. I'm not sure. He quotes. There's a quote that he says as a director that he only wants to do movies that seem to, you know, resonate with him or knocks him knocks him flat on his ass kind of thing. So whatever he likes, he wants to create. That's it. He doesn't want to do anything else that someone hands him and says, hey, here's an idea. Uh, he just wants to do what he wants to do. Probably why maybe he did Divergent, which was the first. And then, of course, maybe the second one wasn't up to his standard and he was sort of like, yeah, I see where you're going with it. You sellouts. I don't know. I think I find that a lot with sequels. Um, very few movies out there impress me in terms of sequels. I'm, I don't know what you guys are like, but my opinion is that there's normally a three-style story, you know. I mean, I love my John Wick and I love John Wick 2 because they both have content, narrative, it's a good story, even though there's a couple of bits and pieces that are a bit skew-if. But the third one, I just didn't see the point to it at all. Um, but it was a three-book series um, written, I think, by a Japanese author. And so when they do do series, maybe they just they just need a certain thing, I think, how to Train Your Dragon was probably one of my best three um, set sequel trilogy, whatever you call it, because that just had growth and that's it and that's where it should stop. Obviously with Divergent, I remember watching Divergent. I thought this was pretty cool. But then I started watching Insurgent and I was like, uh, I don't know. It wasn't that Hunger Games type movie, but Hunger Games was different. So anyway, but Neil Berger was the director of that film, of this film. The writers of this film, it was interesting. I was wondering why they were all European. Turns out this movie is a remake um, of an original called The Intouchables. It's a French film and it was one of the biggest French films ever ever made back in 2011 and it hit the box office for Germany, um, I think a couple other places. So they also did their own remakes of this. Um, I think uh, an Argentinian remake, a German remake and then obviously 2017 they do an American uh, remake so it all follows the tr the same storyline not a little bit of differences here and there but nothing to really worry about uh, I did find out that one of the producers on this film I'm sure she was just mid-level or low level uh, it was it's just weird that they'd mention it but it's uh, uh, Malia Obama was on the production team of this film um, she's interning so obviously she's just you know whatever but they feel the need to mention that She's interning under the Weinstein Company, <laughs> which, you know, I hope she didn't meet him, Mr. Weinstein, because, you know, obviously since the movie's done, we've heard of a lot of change in that dude's life. Fucking sick prick. 
But um, <laughs> so Mr. Obama himself was probably proud that his daughter got into the production industry, which is pretty cool. But this was the first one. So I don't know if she still works for that company because I thought it went thought it went south. But anyway, enough of that. Uh, this movie, in my words, is basically black, based on a black man played by Kevin Hart. He's uh, got a criminal lifestyle and he wants to change, but he's not pushing hard enough to do so. He's just got to fulfill his commitments to his parole officer to say that he's looking for a job, blah, blah, blah. His wife doesn't really want to know him. He's got a son who doesn't really know him. He's just he's had not, not much of an upbringing um, himself. His dad was a criminal and you know the only time he really met his dad growing up was in prison. And his dad kind of said to him, and he quotes it in the movie, his dad says to Kevin Hart's character, Dell, says, welcome home. And it, that's actually pretty it's pretty touching when you hear it because you're sort of like, holy shit, man. Like, imagine that. Imagine saying that to your kid when you're in prison and you're so comfortable and content with what you've done that your son is the same way or your daughter and they're in prison and you just go, hey, welcome home. This is where you're going to live. Doesn't give much hope for the future. So obviously Kevin Hart's character, Dell, is quite strong. Hence the... Hence this movie. Of course, he comes in, he crosses paths with a rich white man played by Brian Cranston and his name is Philippe and he is quadriplegic man, billionaire, eccentric, well-spoken, well-read, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's uh, one of those those roles, man. I think um, Kevin Hart really puts it in there. He doesn't have to do much. It's still witty and comedic. He's very funny, um, but he, he, there's a lot of um, scenes that are set up just for Kevin Hart to you know, um, come come back with something witty and funny, and and of course you're going to take those one-liners and use them in your your own life and whatever because it's just Kevin Hart. When he throws something funny out there, it's pretty cool. Uh, there was a lot of backlash for Brian Cranston playing a quadriplegic man. Um, his answer to that was, "This is just what we do." Basically, I'm not quoting this, but this is what we do. And look, I would 100% wish there was more. Um, well, in this case, quadriplegic actors or people who are able to be chosen to play the role, but they just aren't. And he sort of said, like, you know, so what are you saying? Like, if I was a a rich white guy, um, and I, I wouldn't be allowed to play a poor man, or if I was a straight guy, I wouldn't be allowed to play a gay man. Like, there's roles like that that go unnoticed all the time, and um, people are happy, but um, that's what he said. Where do you draw the line? I don't know whether where the rules apply and Kevin Hart also suggests that that this is a good conversation to have right I mean conversations are always good to have because it puts it out there on the table what we've got to be is a little bit more um, willing to discuss it rather than just hate on it like they did with Anne Hathaway in Witches I mean they hated on her because she played a witch that had three fingers now most witches I guess do have three fingers that's not Anne Hathaway's thing that's the writer or the director or the you know, whatever chose this witch to have three fingers, and she got in trouble by the by the amputee found group or movement or whatever you call them. They were upset that she was like it's like she's taking the piss out of people who got three fingers or four fingers, not five. And I'm like, anyway, that's a that's a, that's a world problem that seems to be getting around a lot. Everyone seems to have a problem, or it's their perspective that they're upset that they don't have that certain thing in their life, so therefore they need to attack someone else who is actually living theirs. So it's just a yeah, it happened. So obviously Brian was like, you know what? I would love to see more people on screen acting their own roles. 
that suit their own lifestyle. Dwayne did it in Skyscraper. He got a bit of backlash for that. Jake Gyllenhaal got backlash for playing um, the Boston Marathon suicide. Uh, not suicide, but the Boston Marathon bombing. He lost both his legs and he, he played the role of the, the real-life character who had no legs. And, of course, he got in trouble. Well, not in trouble. They gave him some shit for it. I suppose if you don't read the comments, then it wouldn't be a problem. But when they shove it down your face like through the, the mainstream media, then you can't help but see it. So they stand by their decisions to play the role. That's the he knew exactly what he was doing, and and you know Brian Cranston did it really well. I I I feel like he's I don't even see Brian Cranston sitting there the same way I don't really see Kevin Hart in front of the camera because it's a serious role like Adam Sandler in Rain Over Me. You know it's Adam Sandler, but you. I look for that transition between Adam Sandler and the character on screen and if they they mould themselves into it. I think this character that Kevin Hart plays really suits Kevin Hart himself, so therefore he disappears for me and I see nothing but Dell on screen. So very funny, witty, it's heartwarming, sometimes fucking inappropriate, but you'll you'll see some of the the stuff. I mean, obviously my uncle was uh, in a wheelchair and towards the end of his life, you know, there was a couple of times, you know, he's got uh, certain changes in his body. And when you're around him and you've got to help him out, it's a, it's a tough job to do some of the, the, the things that you've got to do to make them comfortable. Um, and, yeah, he, <laughs> he has a bit of fun with that part. So that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, have a, have a watch if you haven't seen it. I really enjoy it. It has a bit of a, it has a hero's journey in it as well. I've noticed um, I've only got about halfway through the hero's journey and then I wasn't going to really go on any further telling you about that. But my opinion with the hero's journey in this movie is that, um, you know, if you've got the steps of the, the 12 steps of hero's journey, right, you've got um, the ordinary world, call to adventure, refusal of the call, meeting the mentor, crossing the threshold, test allies, enemies, that kind of stuff. So the ordinary world is the world that he probably lives in, the criminal world. His wife doesn't like him, kid doesn't want to know him. Um, he doesn't know that there's a, an adventure coming to him, but obviously it's safe where he is because he's that's all he knows. So he, he's not going to think he's any good. But obviously he gets a call to the adventure, which is with, with the um, job interview, which was a hilarious uh, meeting there. Then... The refusal of that, I suppose, is that once he finds out it's a living job and he's got to be a, a life auxiliary, um, that's not his thing. So he's like, blah, blah, blah. But he takes it and that's it. Stage four, meeting the mentor. It's weird because I think in this movie, the mentor for Kevin Hart's character is Brian Cranston as well as the call to adventure. So he is the adventure, but he's also the mentor. And mentors where you you um you you you've given a a job a, something of great imp- importance and you know you'll face the problems and you've got the tools to work with it all that kind of stuff it's just the that part there i thought was weird because normally a mentor is normally like the oh, i guess harry potter would be dumbledore would be his mentor throughout um or that's actually a few mentors in harry potter in um, Hunger Games, it's Hi- um, Haymitch, which is played by um, Woody Harrelson. Uh, so those types of mentors, whereas in this, this movie, the mentor is the main character. So crossing the threshold, all that kind of stuff, there's there's plenty more parts to the hero's journey, which I really love that part about all movies, even you, 
your life, my life, there are endless amounts of hero's journey. There's not just one. You run through it at certain parts of your life and then you might get to it. And then, of course, you hit another speed hump and then, therefore, your hero's journey starts again. This movie, you've, when you say hero, you don't it doesn't have that classic hero scenario to it, but he's a hero in his own right in what he's doing. He's They're changing each other. This guy doesn't want to live. He's quadriplegic. I get it. He's just, you know, he's got money and... Yet when he goes outside, people still stare at him and like, you know, don't want to talk to him because they're afraid of what he's sitting in, which is the chair. And of course, Kevin Hart's black criminal in this movie and there's a stigma around that for him. So they change each other. Nicole Kidman puts a bit of a buffer in there. I mean, they threw her in and she doesn't do that much in the movie, but she adds that, she adds a bit of quality to it. Uh, You get to see Kevin Hart changing her and her changing Kevin Hart and so on and so on. And uh, I think there's a bit of a love connection there that you might notice right from the start they sort of put it out there for you real early so I, I didn't appreciate that i would love to have been surprised by it but i kind of noticed it at the start and i was like yeah okay well that that seems pretty obvious that there's something there um but i suppose the journey is what you're going to understand throughout the movie is why she's you know that's a spoiler alert i guess if you want i, I don't really care if you're listening to it <laughs> whatever just have a watch of the movie um so yeah, there's, there's character development throughout this movie. There's character development in most movies. It's just whether they pull it off or not. And I think they, they do pull it off in this because um, there's a moment where he <laughs> Kevin Hart, character Dell, believes he could be an artist. Everyone is an artist. We all have something to put out on, um, you know, words, painting, whatever. I mean, you could say this podcast is an art form for me. I love talking and I'm just going to get better and better at it. But um, in this one, he does a painting of a Doberman, which he has – a Doberman I've seen it many times in a lot of his Instagram vids and he paints it and then rips he rips off a a tremblay I think it's called which is a piece of artwork probably worth hundreds of thousands of dollars or something like that and he replaces it with his painting and gets the entire house to come down and have a look and um judge his work and basically yeah it's pretty funny he's, he's He's so he's so passionate about what he does, and even if they said it was crap, he's still going to say, "I'm a genius. I just painted something. This is this is works number one, and I'm going to call it this and all this kind of stuff." So it's pretty cool. Watch that part; you'll see what happens with the painting later on. There's some turning points through the movie that you 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 would expect to happen. The client, the, you know, the second act to transition to the third act, and and they handle it pretty well. Um, you get to see a lot more of culture come out. Um, from Brian's life into Kevin Hart's life through this movie. So it's pretty pretty good transition for me. Uh, yeah, so look, I don't have much else to say about this movie. I just would say that it was it's a favourite of mine. I wouldn't talk about it if it wasn't. I, it, I understand it a lot because of, you know, experiences in my own life with my uncle and stuff like that. So it's just one of those things. It's a passion movie for me and I, I want you to enjoy it. So... As always, thanks for listening and I shall chat to you over the next couple of days. Thank you. Bye-bye.